the Rural Health Voice, Mapping the Opioid Crisis. Welcome to the Rural Health Voice. I am Beth O'Connor, your host. We discuss rural health issues at the grassroots level and how state and federal policies play out in our local communities. How can data be used to address the opioid crisis? Michael Meat, Senior Fellow, Co-Director for the NORC Walsh Center for Rural Health Analysis, joined me to discuss the Appalachian Overdose Mapping Tool. So hello, Michael. Hello. So it's great to have you here, and we appreciate you being willing to talk about what the NORC Walsh Center for Rural Health Analysis is. You want to give me a little background about NORC? What is it? Absolutely. So NORC is a nonprofit research organization. Uh, We've been around since the 1940s. And since 1996, uh, we have had our Walsh Center for Rural Health Analysis. It actually began at Project Hope and came over to NORC in 2003. But we have this uh, over 20-year history now of doing rural health research in the public interest, and it's something we're very proud of. And you are a senior fellow there, correct? Yes, that's correct. And I co-direct our Walsh Center for Rural Health Analysis. So what does a senior fellow do? What does your day-to-day work look like? Yeah, so uh, I spend a lot of my time on our rural health portfolio, uh, and me and Alana Knudsen co-direct that work. Um, And in addition to that, I also do a lot of work looking at public health systems and emergency preparedness, which is, of course, very relevant right now. Um, and uh, more recently, we've done a lot of work looking at overdose and opioids in, in particular. And speaking of that overdose and opioids, while I've known you for several years through the National Rural Health Association, I first started paying really close attention to your work when the Appalachian Overdose Mapping Tool was released. What was the motivation behind creating that tool? Yeah, so... Our history at the Walsh Center has really been to focus on rural health inequities, uh, disparities. And as we do that, we often see these vast differences in outcomes between rural and non-rural communities. Uh, When we do that, we are often doing that at a very, very high level. So we can tell you at a health and human services region level what the disparities look like or at a state level what the disparities look like. But we've always struggled to really bring that data down to the community level where it's meaningful. Uh, So we have, through that, uh, been, been trying to think about ways to analyze data and visualize data at that more granular level. And in partnership with the Appalachian Regional Commission, we were able to do some work looking at uh, overdose disparities throughout Appalachia. And then from that work, we created that mapping tool where we were able to aggregate data over a five-year time period, which then allowed us to report data county by county and to show that on that map, on a heat map, where you can see the relative rates across the region and identify the communities where the rates are much, much higher and where they need to be taking action to help address the issues. And the tool overlays overdose data with community factors, such as 
employment and disability rates. Why was it necessary to include something other than just the overdose data, do you think? Uh, Yeah. So at the end of the day, the purpose of the tool is to support community planning. So the people we wanted to engage were local decision makers, local stakeholders, local policymakers. And we wanted to help them think about the other factors in their community that could be contributing to the higher rates of overdose mortality. So to do that, we thought about different socioeconomic and demographic factors uh, that may be contributors, and we created overlays where you can see visually how, uh, how factors such as employment and mining relate to overdose mortality or disability status relates to overdose mortality. Um, and, and we have a number of other socioeconomic and demographic factors as well. But again, it helps you to consider uh, essentially social determinants of health, those other factors that may be contributing to the outcome, which is overdose mortality, but those may be the things that you can help to address in your community to really then focus on bending that curve. And I use that tool when writing grant applications. Do you have other examples about how the tool is being used to address the opiate crisis? Yeah, so so it's exciting to hear that. Uh, certainly, we want all of our partners who work in rural health to know that the tool is there as a resource. Uh, the data that exist in that tool are their data. So you can go in and find data for your own community. And if you're using that to support grant proposal writing, that's perfect. The other big thing we are hoping that we can accomplish this tool is to provide data for those local policymakers and stakeholders to understand the challenges that are being faced in their communities so that they can plan to address those in a way that that is informed, that they can use data to help guide their interventions and efforts, uh, again, to really try to bend that curve. A few months after the Appalachian tool was released, NRC came out with a new tool that has similar data sets, but for the entire region. What's the difference with the national tool beyond what was in the regional tool? Yeah, so that was something we were really excited about. Uh, so the, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, uh, through their, their Rural Development Office, uh, came to us and asked us if we could expand the Appalachian tool to really include the entire nation. And again, we did the exact same thing where we created a heat map for the entire United States uh, because the map is so much bigger. Uh, It's important to zoom in so that you can look at state and regional uh, comparisons. Um, But in aggregating that data over five years, we were able to report data for about 75% of the counties in the United States. And in doing so, we provide that same kind of information really for counties all over the United States beyond Appalachia. And that's really important because we know that in Appalachia, there is a very significant challenge related to overdose mortality, but that's not only true of Appalachia. We know that there are other regions such as the Northeast, the Southwest, uh, parts of Oklahoma, uh, tribal nations and the Plains states. Uh, We know there are other places that have very, very similar profiles and similar challenges related to overdose mortality, and we wanted to provide the same kind of resource to them. So with the national tool, is the Appalachian map going to be phased out or are you going to keep both of those up and functional? 
Uh, we are keeping them both up and functional. Uh, the one thing that the Appalachian tool does that the national tool doesn't do is you can compare your county to the rest of Appalachia. Uh, in the national tool, you're comparing your county to the rest of your state and then the rest of the nation. Uh, so, so if you're working in Appalachia, having that additional comparison is important. Um, and, and we want people, if they find it, through the Appalachian region, uh, that's absolutely fine. We want them to be able to use it just the same. Uh, so, so we do. We work very closely with the Appalachian Regional Commission to maintain both tools. Uh, and anytime we make an update to one tool, we then try to mirror that in the other tool. So what trends have you seen through creating these tools? Yeah, so there is one trend that I'm really excited about, and it's something that uh, we actually have a new study that we are uh, we're conducting right now. Uh, I've been doing interviews all week for this study. Uh, what we noticed is that when we compare data across two five-year time periods, there is a cluster of counties in Appalachia, in eastern Kentucky, uh, where we have seen the rates trending downward. And when I say trending downward, that doesn't really explain this sufficiently. Uh, when we look at every single county in the United States and we look at the 10 counties that have had the steepest decline in the nation, eight of those 10 counties are clustered in eastern Kentucky. Uh, it's, it's really stunning. It's encouraging. The rates are still high, so people often don't recognize that things have headed in the right direction. But when we find that something is going right, we want to understand that and we want to explore that. So we're now doing a study for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Uh, we're doing it in partnership with the University of Kentucky Center for Excellence in Rural Health, where we are working with stakeholders in eastern Kentucky to try to understand the factors that may be contributing to those declines. Uh, what I can tell you, uh, we are early in the research, but what I can tell you is that some of the things that are emerging are related to treatment and treatment outcomes and uh, recovery and, and uh, a focus on employment in recovery. Uh, we're hearing a lot of great things around primary prevention efforts in eastern Kentucky that have been going on for a long time. Uh, but we are also hearing, less encouragingly, about a rise in methamphetamine, which to some extent may be shifting, uh, shifting people away from opioids and may be reducing mortality rates, even as drug use continues to surge within the region. So we're trying to tease those two issues out, and my sense is that we're going to find that both of those are contributing to some extent. Yeah, that certainly lines up with some of the stories we're hearing locally of, you know, people are using opioids less because it's harder to get prescriptions because of the, the regulations that have been put in place. But that doesn't mean meth has gone away magically. That's right. That's right. At the same time, uh, you know, again, we need to really focus in on meth because it is continuing to to. Uh, to emerge as, I think, a primary issue. And in some ways, and in some communities, it is, it is the predominant substance of abuse. So we need to have that focus. But at the same time, we really don't want to lose sight of all of the good work that has gone into uh, all of these efforts in eastern Kentucky that are also making a difference. 
what we're seeing in the treatment community and in the prevention community and in the harm reduction community uh, is really, really encouraging. And I think that we're going to find models that other states can implement as well. So what's next for you and NRC? Uh, well, we're going to continue to do uh, all of the work that we do. Uh, we are looking at additional opportunities focused on our health disparities work. Uh, we are doing a lot of work right now around uh, payment policy. Um, so, so there's a lot of good work going on. With our overdose mapping work, uh, we are continuing to talk to USDA and ARC and other potential funders about adding other overlays, uh, about thinking about other factors that may help us um, be more forward-thinking, so thinking about the economic factors and how we can create and, and enhance prosperity at the community level to help communities mitigate some of these challenges. Um, and then we're also talking more broadly about thinking about ways that we can use this mapping platform to look at other leading causes of death so that we can heat map across leading causes and not only be using this to look at overdose mortality. If someone was concerned about substance abuse in their local community, what could they do? What steps could they take? Well, you know, I, I think that what we are seeing in eastern Kentucky and certainly what we have heard in other communities is that uh, the efforts that work best are community-driven. Uh, there are some really active community coalitions, uh, very vibrant community coalitions that leverage the strengths that already exist in many of our communities. Uh, people need to come together and solve problems at the community level. And I'm hoping that the tools that we are helping to create uh, will, will provide some direction for them as they implement those efforts. Great. And if you could do anything to improve health and healthcare in rural America, what would you do? Well, you know, it's related to opioids specifically, I think the biggest thing we could do to, to reduce overdose mortality is find a way to get rid of fentanyl. Uh, that has really led to the spikes in mortality that we've seen. And if I could wave a magic wand and fentanyl would disappear, I think our overdose rates would, would go down considerably. Uh, so I, I do think that that is an issue that we can do something about. Uh, and that, I think, really is an area where we need to focus. At the same time, we need to recognize that even if we get fentanyl off the streets, uh, that doesn't mean people are not using drugs anymore. So we need to really follow that model that we have seen in Kentucky and expand access to high-quality evidence-based treatment and help people move towards recovery. Great. Well, thank you, Michael. Thank you. That's Michael Meat advocating for community-based solutions to substance use disorders. When we recorded this episode, Michael was scheduled to be speaker at our event in May, which has now been postponed. For now, I recommend visiting the Rural Health Information Hub for tools and resources. Go to the Rural Health Information Hub at ruralhealthinfo.org and type opioids into the search bar. Now for a message from our trusted friends at the CDC. COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. 
there are a few ways to help lower the spread of this respiratory disease. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your face, including mouth, nose, and eyes. Cover your coughs and sneezes. Monitor your symptoms and consult with your doctor. Stay at home and away from other sick people except for medical care. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Thank you.